How's it going, everybody? This is Kyle. I'm talking to Nick. It's another Wednesday, and it's another episode of the AFC vs. NFC podcast with Kyle and Nick. Yes, sir. It's been a couple weeks, man, huh? Yeah, man. I I lost my voice. You said you were busy. Yeah. Work, being the boss. Something like that. Shoot. This isn't our real jobs, so, I mean, we can't be on here at all times. Of oh, that would day, be awesome. So. That would be, be awesome. nice. That'd be a life made right there. Yeah. But now we're uh, we're back at it this week. Um, we're gonna just go with the same script we had last week, and really, we're gonna be talking about the new additions to each conference. We're gonna be going over quarterbacks. We're gonna be going over coaches, the top five in each conference. So, I'll lead it off real quick. Actually, um, I'm gonna talk about Marcus Mariota. He's coming from the Vegas Raiders, and he's going to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, we all know that Matt Ryan was shipped away. Um, is he a good replacement? Uh, I think it's a fair replacement. I was really questionable with Marcus Mariota uh, when he left Tennessee and headed over to Oakland at the time. I didn't really know what was up. Um, but he had a good amount of time to kind of show us, show us exactly what he was made of last week or last year in that last week of the season to kind of push him into the playoffs, right? Um, he had those moments that... I, I think he can still play. He's a little older. I think now he understands the game a little bit. And honestly, being benched and becoming a backup humbles a lot of people. And so I'm sure with this second opportunity that he has, he's not going to waste it. So I, I I really like Mariota in Atlanta. I think he's got some good offensive weapons with him. Uh, and under that coaching regime, we'll see how far they can go. The NFC South is still a tough division, um, but – We'll see how they fare. I, mean, I can't imagine it's going to be too difficult to uh, surpass the Panthers and with what's going on over in uh, New Orleans. It's a little iffy. Everyone knows the juggernaut is Tampa Bay. Can Atlanta perform? I like I like Mariota there. Yeah, no, I think I think moving on from Matt Ryan's performances last year, you know that I mean that was probably his worst year of his career, you know, and uh, I can't I can't see Mariota being that much worse. A lot of the a lot of the times I feel like in Tennessee, they didn't really use him that well. Yeah. So yeah, man, I, I can, I can see, I can see him doing pretty well. I think they're going to need a little more receiver help for him, you know, just because, uh, who was it? Who was it that was out all season and he just got suspended for gambling, oh, but Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley. Yeah. 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 <laughs> His name was slipping me. Yeah. So no, I, I think, I think he can secede, you know, it's, it's almost like more and more quarterbacks now have his play style where, you know, they're, they can run just as good as they can pass, you know, maybe Mariota I think is a better runner than a passer. And that's probably why he doesn't still have the job in Tennessee, Mm -hmm. but yeah, no, I think, I think they can definitely do pretty good. Luckily the NFC is not as deep and um, they, they, I don't think they'll get past the bucks at all, but they almost made the playoffs last year with Matt Ryan, who struggled. And right. Matt Ryan is going to be the next quarterback in um, this offseason moves that I'm going to talk about, right? To the Colts. Traded him for not much, not much, just a third, right? The 82nd pick went to the Falcons. And you would think a former MVP, like a third, you know, that seems like a steal. But obviously, as I was saying, the Colts, the Colts are buying low. Yep. Um, I I think this along with a little bit of a little bit of news they get they got Stefan Gilmore just like you and I both said yeah we did call that yeah right there he had that visit. almost almost like the next day he got signed so you know that was good for us yeah I think we know what no. we're talking about here yeah and I think I think Matt Ryan um you know he's only 37 and quarterbacks now I think Brady's the standard. I don't think everybody is going to get there. Um, there's there's probably a handful of quarterbacks who are. Aaron Rodgers might be able to get up there. I don't think so. But, you know, either way, I still think Matt Ryan has a couple of good years left. And I think that he really heard what people said. Um, he's going to bounce back. And another thing that I think Matt Ryan is going to be successful in Indianapolis, um, I, I think they got to win their division to get into the playoffs, but I think it's doable. I, I definitely see them as a 10-win team, 10-11, 12-win team. I think they can sneak in because 
this is the best running back Matt Ryan has ever played for oh, played man. with yeah. along with I I mean he he's he's probably the number two back behind a, a healthy um Derrick Henry Jonathan Taylor is so I I definitely think accenting Taylor with Ryan is going to help help not have so much on his shoulders and you said it but you said it best they have to win that division and honestly that's really not hard to do you look around in that division at their quarterbacks the next best thing there uh or the best thing depending on who you are and what perspective you're coming from is Ryan Tannehill right so if that's who you're competing with and I I, I like Ryan Tannehill I like the Titans but with the addition of Matt Ryan to Indianapolis and all the tools that he has, the coach that he has, I think they're destined to win that division. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I think, I think he can, I think he improves the Colts just because I, like I said, I don't think he's going to make as many stupid mistakes and lose to Jacksonville on the road. Like Carson Wentz did. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Carson Wentz, that boy, <laughs> he's next up on my list here. He's going to we Washington. Got some smooth transitions, man. It's we got interesting. Some I like smooth it. ones today. I don't think we even planned this. That's crazy. But the Commanders are now uh, home for Mr. Wentz here. Um, he's being, uh, I don't know. I, I Washington has been in such a slump for so long. And you really can't attribute it to their players all too much. I think it starts up at the top. The owner needs to sell the team. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Carson Wentz. And... Um, you could say he's an upgrade from uh, Taylor Heineke, right? Um, but how much of an upgrade? <laughs> this is going to be his third team in, in, in three years. Like, does he still have what it takes to win games? Does he still have, ta- does he still have what it takes to take a team to a Super Bowl like he did that 20, uh, 2017 season? Um, he didn't play in the Super Bowl. Obviously, we know Nick Foles did what he did. Uh, but Carson Wentz was the leader of that team for the majority of that season and got them into that position. So I I really think, honestly, since that injury, he's been cautious in his play. And he has every reason to be. Uh, but he just needs to, you know, instill some more confidence in himself uh, again because he's still a heck of an athlete. Um, he's still relatively young. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah, he's young, yeah. Go out and play. And I think Washington might be a good uh, stepping stone. I don't know how long he's going to be here for. I really don't. Um, he could move on, but just just to be in a division where he's got to play his old team again, uh, it's just always a tough division to play in when you're also factoring the Giants and and, and the Cowboys. Uh, it's gonna be fun for him. Uh, it's gonna be nice to be competitive again. Um, I don't know. Washington needs a lot of help though. They need a lot of help around him too if they really want to make a push to win a a division title. I think I might have said that they. Had a chance to in our very first podcast, but as these days goes on, go on, and as I talk to more and more Washington fans out here, uh, they're pessimistic. Of course, they are, man. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met a Washington fan, man. I don't know. No, not until I moved out here, and they hate their team just as much as everybody else hates. <laughs> so, please. Well, I, I, I think, I think with with Wentz, I don't think. I don't think that he's had a receiver as good as Terry McLaurin. And I think I think that could unlock his game just a little bit because I think Terry McLaurin is just under an elite kind of category of receiver. Mm. He's I mean, he's always reliable. Yeah. You know, I didn't I didn't even know about him until a couple of years ago. And I was like, who's this dude just whooping butt in fantasy? You know what I mean? And then I mean that's a good way to know, you know, who's popping off as a player, but I mean, that was a couple of years ago, three years ago. So, I mean, he's been consistent. I think, I, I definitely think he's going to have his eyes on McLaurin a lot. And I think, I think it'll help him in, in Washington. Um, Gibson is a good back. Yeah. I do think he kind of downgraded a little bit. And, you know, I was looking in terms of running back, he downgraded right from uh, Taylor to Gibson. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe that's a little, a little uh, pause, you know, for concern. But I was I was uh, looking at his stats, you know, and Wentz Wentz had a ninety four point six rating last year, twenty seven to seven. So I mean, it's not really that's not bad. That yeah, is. and outside of the year that he got injured, um, before the last couple of games, you know, 
he's through 33 touchdowns, but he's kind of like a mid 20s, early 20s, like touchdown per season kind of guy. Right. But you've seen his ceiling. So, I, yeah, I think, I think he could, he could step it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I suppose another uh, young quarterback picked in the first round off to a new team, his third team, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Double Doink. Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> um, yeah, he signed he signed that a uh, two year deal with Pittsburgh. I think uh, it was fourteen point two five guaranteed, but up to like twenty seven in um, incentives, which which is kind of a lot for a guy that's a backup. So, you know, I think I think they might uh, they might they might start him, they might go with him, but I do think for the Steelers that that's an upgrade from washed big ben you know what i mean right. he he was like a shell of himself obviously big ben mentally is leaps and bounds above mitchell trubisky and that's where i think the playing field is um kind of gonna level kind of gonna level for them because if you have the tools like trubisky does and and, and he does have an arm you know obviously he can throw but you know, I seen him with at the Pro Bowl skill challenge, and that's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that good, but he he's got good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got he's got good receivers over there, and I think a lot of the players in Pittsburgh are going to be playing with a heavy heart this next season with yeah. uh, Dwayne Haskins. So, you know, you had mentioned maybe a guy going there. We can touch on that later um, yeah. <laughs> for Pittsburgh, but. Yeah, man, I, I think this move makes the Steelers a little bit better, a couple of notches better for me personally. And, you know, that was a team that snuck into the playoffs. With that being said, though, with Deshaun Watson, um, Lamar Jackson coming back health, healthy, hopefully Joe Burrow, he's still the, the, the quote-unquote worst quarterback in the division. And I don't think that is a hot take. I don't think that's hardly even debatable at this point. And when you don't have that guy at quarterback, it's, it's hard. Yeah, I agree. I like I like Mitch Trubisky. Um, he was always that, that kind of quarterback, that kind of player, uh, especially in Chicago, uh, that just – he never he, – he showed flashes of, of, of being really good, but he was always pretty mediocre, and you always thought you had a chance to beat him whenever you played him and you saw him on your calendar. Uh, but it could be the entire Bears unit at the time, but he has fight, he has grit, he makes it a game every time, and it's always a little closer than you think. And for a team, any team, that's what you want from a quarterback, you know, try to make it a game, especially if you are an underdog, and that's what the Bears were for the longest time. He had time to kind of sit behind Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen's a little younger than him, maybe by a year or two, but uh, to sit and to grow behind someone who has proven to be the next best thing time and time again, season after season and behind a good coach, dude, I think this is his time. This is his time to shine. Pittsburgh's a perfect town to do it in. Uh, it's a tough division, but when you look at it, you don't know what's going to happen in Cleveland, right? You're going against Joe Burrow. He's probably the best quarterback in that division. And if Lamar Jackson can stay healthy, he's, he's pretty, uh, pretty talented too, but uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, withhold myself and say that uh, Mitch Trubisky can't make can't make a splash there in the AFC North of Pittsburgh. Yeah, you made like you that. made a good point. You made a good point. I think um, with him being behind Josh Allen because he is like a, a like a <laughs> extra light version of of a Josh Allen. They have yeah. very similar like skill set, body type, and I, I think I think Trubisky even had like a five touchdown game. So you know he's he's capable of those big games. But it's just, I think, but this might help him too in this in the same breath, you know, before I finish my thought is like when he had that 13 and three season, that was mainly the defense in Chicago. But like the Steelers do got a good defense, right? And they got probably one of the best, probably the best edge rusher, TJ yeah. Watt right now. So, Absolutely. you know, I, I do think, I do, I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers make it to the playoffs. I just... Trubisky just being kind of lower tier in the AFC is just kind of pushing me down for him. Yeah, I get that. 
get that. Um, well, since we're talking about the Bills a little bit, uh, the Giants picked up somebody from Buffalo, and his name is Tyrod Taylor. Now, I don't think Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter for the Giants. I think Daniel Jones is still going to be your guy. Danny Dimes, as some call him. Uh, I wouldn't call him that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he gets tripped up by the turf monster here and there. But, you know, he makes some good passes. And I, I, I think this move to bring in Tyrod Taylor was – a backup, obviously, you know, if something happens to Daniel Jones, who, who are they going to need? They can call upon a veteran who, you know, who, who can get the system, understands the system. Shoot, the, the the Giants have brought almost everybody they know from Buffalo to come down to New York and change that organization around. So Tyrod Taylor is a part of that. Um, but should he be called upon? I still think he's youthful enough, especially in his legs, to, keep, to continue to make plays. Um, the Giants need a a lot of help on the offensive line, uh, but they do have their weapons out wide and in the backfield. You know, once Saquon comes comes back strong, healthy, and confident, he can be just as dominant as mm, I'll say it, I'll say it, I'll say it. Hey, Jonathan it. Taylor. Hey, his rookie year, man. <laughs> his rookie. I'm, I'm I'm rooting for Saquon, man. I love Saquon, man. Everything he did in Penn State, and then that rookie year, and then until he got hurt. I mean, injuries do so much to to athletes. We were talking about it with Carson Wentz, right? I don't know how long it takes certain athletes, but, you know, I think this is the year that you have to understand that this could be it if you don't if you don't fix what you're what you're doing wrong here. And I think Saquon might understand that. Um, Going back to Tyrod Taylor, though. If anything, if 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 anything, uh, just having an extra veteran presence in that locker room to lead. Uh, will be beneficial. So um, I know we're probably talking about starting quarterbacks uh, for sure, starting quarterbacks. Uh, but but you know he he's an addition to that organization, and and uh, I, I think it's a positive one. Yeah, yeah, and I do I do think when you're thinking of backup QBs, I mean, he's he's at the top of the list. You know what I mean? So if if Jones goes down or if uh, Dayball is into really feeling Daniel Jones midseason to make a change. It's not like it's not like you're going to uh just some random USFL guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no. So I guess um I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to the first huge um well not the first one that happened, but the first one that we're gonna talk about huge blockbuster trade, which is kind of um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's it's kind of touchy, but just from the football side of things, right? The Texans received a first round pick in this year's draft, next year's draft, and 2024's draft, a 23 third and a 24 fourth for Deshaun Watson, and a fifth round pick in 2024 for whatever reason. Just give one back. Kind of a strange swap two years down the line. But that is a lot to give Deshaun Watson. And it was $200 million, all guaranteed. Kind of kind of the nasty part that's like mm, kind of makes you kind of makes you cringe a little bit. The fact that, you know, this season, um, his contract and cap hit is only one million dollars because, you know, the Browns know they'll probably gonna probably gonna sit him. Or not sit him, but he'll probably be suspended. You would think, um, you know, he's not going to be criminally charged in anything. In which I figured it something like that would be kind of hard to grab gather evidence, unless there was a like a video camera. You know what I mean? Right. But outside of everything that was off the field, you know, and it's it's definitely one of those if there's a if there's smoke, there's fire kind right. of situations. But when he's on the field, it's hard. It's hard to hard to remember because it feels like it's been forever ago, and the only thing you hear about him is the legal trouble that he's been in. But yeah. I, I mean, Deshaun Watson, he was a baller, right? I think he would have won Rookie of the Year had he not torn his ACL. He was going off, and then led the Texans to the playoffs a couple times. Should have beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, up twenty four nothing in Arrowhead. Yeah, I mean, you, you could say it was a good comeback. It was a good choke. You could also say that, you know what I mean? But from Baker to Deshaun Watson, as the pl- the players, 
no question to me, they upgraded. Um, and I think you don't make that move if you're Cleveland knowing like, hey, we might not have this guy for this season, but the next couple of years, you know, you get that kind of um, just first thought on Deshaun Watson, kind of the off the field issues with the sexual assault civil lawsuits that he's got going on. Mm. But um, yeah, man, I, I was recently watching the Seahawks and Texans game from, I believe 2017. And I mean, he, he was just going toe to toe with uh, Russell Wilson. I and mean, he looked every bit of the first round pick that the Texans wanted him to be. So, you know, it's, it's definitely weird with uh, Deshaun Watson, but when he's on the field, I mean, he's a top guy. Yeah, I agree. Didn't like him too much in college, right? He played for Clemson. I'm a Knowles fan, so. Oh, I didn't have a problem with him. He beat Bama. That's all I care about in college because Colorado sucks. <laughs> I can't stand the Clemson Tigers, man. That was Sweeney's a great coach. Got to give it to him. Got to give it to Deshaun Watson, but those were rough years. That's when Florida State was at its lowest after Jimbo left. and oh. Well, if it makes you feeling better, Colorado's been at their lowest for 20 years. So, <laughs> Makes you feel a little better. A little better. Um, well, my last quarterback that I have, uh, well, I guess I'll, I can go over some re-signs. Um, but, I mean, you can call this a re-sign too. Trey Lance in San Francisco. Now, he could very well, actually, I'll say, he will be the starter for the, for the Niners. Um, I'm in coordination with a friend of mine who believes that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo could be making his way over to Pittsburgh. Hint, hint, cough, cough. And uh, should that happen, who knows what's going to happen over there? I mean, uh, but in San Francisco, Trey Lance will be your guy. Um, he had his chance to prove himself last year, and I think he did a pretty good job of doing it. Um, didn't make too many mistakes, I think, when it comes to turning the ball over. Let me go ahead and look up his ratio. But, I mean, he, he was winning games when they had to. San Francisco really wasn't – they were banking so much in their defense. And um, and Debo. And Debo. And Trey Lance put him in a position to, to make the playoffs. And, you know, obviously Jimmy G is the one who played and beat Green Bay. Uh, but Trey Lance, I think, was the reason why the Niners were in uh, contention to potentially even make a, a Super Bowl run. Totally. Yeah, you know, I, I on um I was listening to the I Am Athlete podcast that Brandon Marshall and uh, Chad Ochocinco are I would say the the main hosts of that, and uh, George Kittle is on there, and he said, uh, you know, he he doesn't think there's a player with a higher upside that he's seen than Trey Lance, mm-hmm. and that that's coming from a top tight end, you know. He played played six games last year. He had five touchdowns and two picks. All right. Yeah. It's limited. It's very limited, for sure. But you know, I, th- I think I think the talent is there. I thought he was the best quarterback from last year's class. I think so too. Well, actually, I'll take that back. I I I still think it's Trevor Lawrence, but I think he was the next best. Next best. Yeah. So I guess um, I got one more. I got one more for you. It's my guy. Kind of already talked about him a little bit. I'm wearing I'm wearing a Peyton Manning jersey, you know. It's a quarterback episode. We haven't had a quarterback since my guy Peyton Manning, the GOAT Peyton Manning, five-time MVP. Russell Wilson, baby. Denver, Denver did have to give up a little bit for him. Um defensive tackle, Shelby Harris, tight end no fan. Quarterback Drew Locke going to Seattle. Right now it feels like their best option. Maybe you can weigh in on that. But uh, yeah, man, I I don't think I don't think I have enough enough good things to say about him. I mean, I consume Broncos media basically every day. No, not basically. I do every day, and you know, just just hearing about Russ for me, he's a guy that's like immediately makes us championship contending. Um, he's already been putting in a huge amount of work with our receivers. Cortland Sutton, a Pro Bowl receiver from 2019. And you know who his quarterbacks were? Joe Flacco, Brandon Allen, and rookie Drew Locke. And Cortland Sutton tore it up. I think he had 1,300 yards. Um, 
Tim Patrick is solid. Jerry Judy's going to have a breakout year. And with Denver just re-signing Melvin Gordon, too, if anything happens to Melvin, um, we still have Javante Williams, who is just a rock. That dude is a bowling ball, man. Watch watch his play against the Cowboys. You know, I like doodling on the Cowboys. Um, so you gotta you gotta watch Javante Williams highlights. I think he won an angry runs that week. Uh-huh. And uh I think I think what Russ does is it's gonna open up um our offense. And just speaking for Denver specifically, um, with Melvin Gordon back as of I think like late last night, because I was I was asleep. I woke up to the news that um Melville Gordon signed back, but with Gordon and Williams, they both had 900 rushing yards. So 1,800 as basically one running back would if they weren't splitting carries. And it was dead even, 203 attempts each. And with Teddy and Drew, they were always like defenses eight in the box. They're like, all right, we don't really care if you're going to pass. You're not going to beat us passing. And I think what's that with with Russ? They can't do you can't do that anymore, especially because he goes deep so well. And we got a guy named KJ Hamler. Told y'all first episode. Don't forget that dude's name. He's he's gonna blaze it open. Russ is gonna he's gonna open up our offense so much. It's gonna be so refreshing for me. I like that. I think Russ is uh, he's gonna be the difference maker. I think last year was probably. Really, the last couple of seasons have been seasons you kind of chose to forget. This is going to help you get over that. You know, if he performs at the high level that your organization and your fan base expects, you could be hoisting some trophies for the next couple of years, right? Uh, hey, stamp it. We're going to win one in the next four. Stamp it. I'll guarantee that. You won't guarantee the Vikings. I'll guarantee I'll guarantee Denver in the next four years wins one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I. Uh-huh. Minnesota could definitely win one of the next two or three. Yeah. Easily, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What, do you, what do you mean? No, yeah. I, I feel it, man. I feel it. Our offense last year was not the issue. It was it, it was the defense. And it was because we had such a stubborn old head coach. I mean, now, yeah. go ahead and talk about coaches while well, we can. Having Minnesota pick up Kevin O'Connell was big. It was bittersweet to get rid of Mike Zimmer. You know, he was... He wasn't been there for a while. He's been there for a while. I mean, really, he was the longest tenured coach that we had since really Brad Childress. And uh, that's not saying too much considering what Brad Childress didn't do for us. Um, we we expected uh, a lot from Mike Zimmer, and we had glimpses of hope, and nothing came from it. It was always in the playoffs one year, didn't make the playoffs the next. In the playoffs one year, didn't make it the next. And it was just too up and down. Uh, we need consistency. We can't be consistently mediocre. And with the with the offensive firepower that we have and the historical defense that we carry, dude, bringing in Kevin O'Connell is going to be the the, the the piece of the puzzle that we need. Um, I like him from L.A., you know, from the Rams. He was behind Sean McVay. You know, that's a coach who knows what it takes to win a Super Bowl. He's been there twice, still young knows how to mesh and mold players. Doesn't matter their age. Doesn't matter how long they've been in the league. You know, uh, this is a big positive splash in the NFC North. Um, and it's it's going to be it's going to be a whirlwind. It's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to win the North. And it, that's that. Kevin O'Connell. Shoot. Hey, we're going to win the North. Absolutely. We're going to win the North. Oh, skull. Skull. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that that when I was at that game, that was a cool chant. Gosh, once it got a little little quicker, you know, those Minnesota residents didn't have the best rhythm, but it's still really cool. No, I I do like it. I like it. I like that they're going offense. I think that's the direction that the league is going. Um, one one thing, one thing I'm gonna note: Mike Shanahan. We're gonna count the branches of Mike Shanahan. That's one. That's one Mike Shanahan branch. There you go. All right, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you to. I'm going to take you to another Miami Dolphins head coach, Mike McDaniel. Mm. Everything, everything that everybody says about him that I've heard, he is just one of the most creative offensive geniuses. And I think the tools that he's going to be able to play with, with the addition of Tyreek Hill, you know, you have Waddle. Kasicki is no slouch at tight end. Um, He's not, he's not like, he's not like a George Kittle tight end. 
Absolutely. But not. he's no slouch. Um, I mean, he's a playmaker. He's seen one-handed catches all the time from him for some reason. But um, yeah, no, I think McDaniel can. Excuse me, sorry. I think he can take what Tua is good at and maximize that. Mm. And I think that is going to unlock a lot for the Dolphins. I think they're going to shock some people. Um, I do like this hire. I do think it might come with some, maybe probably some bumps and bruises along the way. You know, first time head coach. Right. Uh, I'm not sure how how old Mike McDaniel quite is, but it's not old. But I do like the fact that the Dolphins, even though they, they're firing of Flores, I thought was strange after going one and seven and then ending with a winning record. I thought, what? Yeah. But no, I, I think if you're going to do it, um, you, you do you do something that's going to match to a tag of Iloa because I think they, I mean, it's a proven year for him. And I think this is the perfect coach for Tua and that's why that's why I like the second Mike Shanahan branch coach in Mike McDaniel. Yep. And if Tua can't do it, you go ahead and you bring in a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater who has league experience and Oh right, yep, there's another guy. Not to mention you have Tyree Hill. I mean, dude, did the Miami is fixed. I'm not saying they're gonna make the playoffs this year, but with what they have next two years, absolutely. That AFC East isn't a joke, right? You have New England, who's consistently good as no. long as Bill Belichick at the helm. They they have a chance to make the playoffs. The Bills have proven they're the you know the kings of that division, and you're always going to beat the Jets. Come on, <laughs> yeah. I, I but I do think the Jets are going to be a little better. It's not hard to be better than they were last year. <laughs> the same Lions jab you got. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. Hold on, we're not talking about the shirt today. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. The Lions suck. <laughs> gotta get it out <laughs> um, no I, I do like that I like that um, to stay in the sunshine state we'll go ahead and talk about Todd Bowles you know we were talking about the league going towards you know offensive minded coaches this guy is a defensive minded coach he had his time in New York you know he 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 he, mm. He had to take in over after uh, Rex Ryan, right up there in New York. He had to take over right after. Oh uh, yeah, I think so because I think it was Mangini, Ryan, and then him. I think. Yeah. So, um, and he he was there for like three, four seasons. I get a good, good amount. Yeah. The last time they made the playoffs, he was there. Yeah. So he's he's a coach, and I think putting him at the front after Bruce Arians stepped down, and now he's up in the office. This makes sense to me. This makes sense, and obviously they're bringing back Brady, right? They restructured his contract so they can get more power in there wherever they need it. Um, Tampa Bay is still the kingpin there in, in, in the NFC South. So Todd Bowles there, I think you can't – you can't. that's a good problem to have uh, with, with when it comes to defense, right? And how are you going to make it better? How are you going to make it better with players, players, players? How are you going to make it better with your coaching staff? Boom! This is it. I like I like Todd Bowles. Yeah, no, I think I think he'll look good, you know, record wise, obviously, just because you know Brady is going to be there. I do think they're going to win that division pretty easily. Um, they'll lose a game to the Saints because they always do for some reason. But yeah, no, I I I I was a little, I'm not going to say shocked, but I I thought they might go with Leftwich, um, yeah. instead of Bowles. But I like Bowles. You know, it's like. Brady still has the offensive coordinator that he's going to be working with. And I mean, let's be honest, Brady's the offense anyways. And maybe internally, that's how the Bucks feel as well. And that's why they went with Bowles, who has proven to be a good head coach. I remember they were talking about Leftwich. Leftwich will get his turn, I promise you. And when oh, absolutely, yeah. When he does, it's going to be a good time. It's going to yeah. be a great time. For sure, for sure. So I will, I will go with the defensive guy in uh, the AFC. Houston Texans, Lovey Smith. Um, I, I, I was a little, I was a little confused that they fired David Culley last year because the Texans outperformed everybody's expectations. I mean, I thought they might go 0 and 17, 1 and 16, you know what I mean? And first game of the season come out, they beat the doors off of Jacksonville. But I mean, that sounds like, you know, that could be an Urban Meyer problem. Speaking of coaches, 
but no, I think Lovey Smith. Um, I mean, he he definitely was a good coach, but he's not in Chicago anymore for a reason. You know what I mean? Fizzled out a little bit there, and obviously, you know, when you got Rex Grossman and Jay Cutler, those aren't all stars, but. Um, it's not like he has an all-star right now in Davis Mills, although he did almost look like the best rookie QB behind Mac Jones last year. Davis Mills played pretty well. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say he's going to be the second best from last year's quarterback class at all, but yeah, this, this one, this one is a little bit weird to me. It, it feels like it's almost setting him up to fail because, you know, they traded away all those assets or they, um, they got all those assets from, the Browns and so this team feels like if they're going to have any chance it's not this year it's not even next year so it just feels like Lovey Smith is going to be down and out um you know I mean with that being said I think credit goes for him for bringing the Bears with his defense and the Rex Grossman to a Super Bowl I mean obviously they got outplayed but I mean that was the goat Peyton man so yeah I mean i this I think this one is just perplexing for me. Uh yeah, no, I mean you're right. I I think Lovey Smith is there to simply help rebuild. He had his stint, I can see that, yeah. He had his stint in Tampa Bay, didn't pan out the way they wanted, right? So I think they know he's he's a, he's a locker room guy. He can build team morale and get everybody on the same page. Um, and especially in an organization that has just fallen apart, they need that. And so to bring in somebody who's been in the league forever, someone who I thought was done with football, uh, back into the locker room, back back on the field. I mean, this guy, this, I, I like this move. Yeah, he might only be there for three years, maybe four years. I think they'll give him two years to just build up team morale, win some games. Obviously, they're not going to make a big splash. But once these – these, uh, Draft picks, right? These draft picks come into come into play, and they see how they fit and and work out. That will dictate how much longer he spends down there. But I think for now, it's just it's just to get this organization back on track. Yeah, I can see that. And he's got he's got like a super cool ass gray beard too. So uh, he looks he looks pretty sweet. Silver, and just yeah. Uh... All right, who you got? Um. I'm going to finish off with Dennis Allen from New Orleans and then Matt Eberflus from Chicago. Um, Eberflus, you know, you move from one Matt to another Matt, from Nagy to this guy. Um, I don't know too much about Eberflus, to be honest. And quite frankly, I don't care because it's... (laughs) (laughs) But I I, I don't want to watch any team in the league truly just fall off their horse because if, if they do and every team does in the league, then the NFL would be born to watch. So yeah, you want you want good teams and yada yada yada. Right. I hope the Bears can win some games, you know, make it fun. Hopefully none of them are against Minnesota. Um as a matter of fact, I don't think any of them will be. Um Matt Eberfus is is, is is a new addition. I, I can't talk too much on him. I, I don't know much about him. Do you? Well I mean he was the Colts defensive coordinator last couple of years and the Colts have had a really solid defense. You know what I mean? And I was thinking this guy must have had a really, really good um inner with them. He must have had like a really good vision for them not to go with an offensive guy who is gonna pair well with um Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I know they got uh the offensive the quarterback's coach last year from Green Bay, Luke Getze to be their offensive coordinator. And maybe, you know, he was like, I want to bring Luke Getze and Luke Getze is a guy that I really, really like. And I know Matt LaFleur really, really liked Luke Getze too. So maybe I'm not saying it's like a co-head coaching thing, but maybe he knew Luke Getze prior. They're good friends or whatever. And he's like, look, this guy is, this guy is going to be next up. And maybe, maybe he had a plan. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know he came from uh, Indianapolis. And so that actually makes sense. Um, Defensive-minded coach, again, that's really our switching to offensive-minded coaches. Um, Chicago might be trying to get back to the to the days of old, you know, where their defense ruled. Their defense is what got them to the Super Bowl with that Rex Grossman-led offense, like you mentioned. Um, and if anything, that's what's going to win them games. Uh, I don't think Justin Fields is... 
all that good. He's still young. He has time to develop. Um, and maybe Iberflus could have an influence on him. But uh, long way to go. But if he's a defensive-minded coach and, and, and can bring great promise, then shoot, try it, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, if, 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 if you think he's the guy. And Dennis Allen, come on. So what, when I first heard about Dennis Allen, from what I understood, um, Sean Payton was just taking like a year off. Yeah, it was it was weird. It was like maybe Sean Payton's gonna go in the booth, comments commentate some games, but I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. Maybe so the Saints are tanking or something. If the if Dennis Allen is only there for a year. Then shoot, I, I I I don't know. I think if they are really trying to just part ways, I'm surprised that uh, the Raiders' interim head coach last year after Gruden left uh, wasn't a candidate for them. Really, I, I yeah, they promise as a head coach. To be honest with you, yeah. So I, I don't. Yeah, didn't it was like a smooth transition for the Saints, just because he's been there. He was their D coordinator, and it's like yeah helps them a little bit i get that so i guess um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to to jacksonville right doug peterson and i think this is going to be good for um trevor lawrence right he has a real nfl coach not a guy who's not coming back on the team playing you know going to strip clubs in cleveland ohio yeah, you know what I mean, and and I thought it was gonna be Leftwich, but I think for what Jacksonville needed, I think they got the next best thing. I think Peterson can learn from you know some of the mistakes, some of the seemed hard headedness that he had when he was in Philadelphia, and he's a Super Bowl winning coach. You know what I mean with Nick Foles, and it's looking like he did a really good job with uh, Wentz. You know because you know they had Frank Reich as the offensive coordinator. They thought maybe it was him, but you know, he, that didn't turn out very well in Indy, so maybe it was Doug Peterson. So I think I think Doug Peterson is definitely going to be a guy for Trevor Lawrence that can teach him the NFL game way better than Urban Meyer could have dreamed of. And then I'm I'm a, I'm gonna take it to to our coach Nathaniel Hackett. Um, you know, I, I I he was the Jags offensive coordinator. Speaking of the Jags, when they went to the AFC Championship, and he made Blake Bortles get paid. You know yeah. what I mean? And last couple of years, he's been in Green Bay working with Aaron Rodgers. You know, I think the the next guy on our Mike Shanahan branch uh, definitely uh, brings a lot of creativity, um, nuanced offense. You know, he, he's an outside zone guy. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of play pass from him. I think he wants to open it up. You know, Russell Wilson will probably run a little bit in his offense. You know, I I think our running backs, our offensive linemen, especially our left guard, I think um, Dalton Reisner, I think he I think he's going to have a super great year. He was drafted in a system like this, so I think for the team before Russell Wilson, it was a good hire. But now it's almost like, did our GM know that we were getting Russell Wilson or anything like that? You know, because now I think I think it works out really perfect. And you know, interviews, uh, he's been mic'd up for voluntary OTAs that we had last couple of days. And he seems like the ultimate players coach. So, you know, I really like it. And I think we got, we got two more, right? I got Josh McDaniels. You got Dayball. That's true. That's true. Yes. Yes. Red. Yes, I do. So Brian Dable going to the giants, uh, coming from Buffalo, right? Like I said, New York is really trying to restructure and what better way to do it than bring everybody they can and know from Buffalo. Buffalo is to be a team that can really make a, a stride to the Super Bowl. We're still waiting on that day to come. Uh, it might be this year. It might be next year. You know, it could be the right. years. My, <laughs> but uh, no, Brian Dable uh, could 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 be a, a very positive influence up in New York. Um, they've had how many quarterback uh, coaches have they gone through over the last three seasons? Shoot. Well, they had they had Shermer two years ago. Last year was McAdoo. McAdoo, that horrible mustache. Oh yeah. Oh, Lee. They need they need some stability in New York. Yep, yep. And I think Brian Dable can 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 provide that. 
Um, we'll see. I mean, how old is he? Let me see here. I don't think he's that old. I think one thing that I really liked about him too was because it, um, the Bills head coach is a defensive guy, you know that he was you know mostly responsible for that offense. I think he can help Daniel Jones in New York. Yeah. Similarly to uh, how he did uh, Josh Allen. He's been around too. I mean, not just from Buffalo, but he's been in Cleveland. He's been in Miami, Kansas City, and he had time down in Alabama with the Crimson Tide, bro. So, like, I think I think with the Patriots too, he was an intern. Under under Belichick, wow. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's good when you have that diverse kind of coaching. You know, you can. It's like it's like making some spices. You know, put a little bit of everything, make it your own. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see you in New York. Um. They just got to improve. They just got to improve. They got to stay healthy. You know, a lot of what's happened with Giants football has just been self-inflicted wounds. So they, they got to correct that. You know, hopefully, hopefully Dable can can provide some discipline there, too. And, and maybe they'll flourish. I don't know. Uh, but they're going to be in a division that's not hard, but always stressful for some whatever reason. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. We'll see. Ceiling ceiling's high as long as I feel like they can continue to compete and and beat the Cowboys and beat the Reds or the the Commanders. Whoops. Um, yeah, it happens. They'll always have a chance. They'll always have a chance. So. Oh yeah, and that division for some reason it feels like there's always a team that's like two and six, but they're like a half game back from first place. Like yeah, <laughs> like except last year with the Cowboys kind of starting six and one, but. Other than that, it feels like there's always just like a bad team that's right there. Never understand. Speaking of uh, historically bad teams, the Raiders, the last new coaching change. You know, I thought I thought they were going to keep Pisaccia. Um, All the players really liked him, um, but I I like the move that they made with Josh McDaniels because uh, I want to beat him twice a year, every year. Hmm. Um, I want his days in Vegas to be long and miserable i think that's that's kind of what i want it to be you know maybe like every every game day for him is like the hunk the, the hangover movies you know something crazy going to happen and it's not good i hope that's how it is for josh mcdaniels i was surprised that he did get another option because you know he he got he first of all he was terrible in denver traded jay color for kyle orton you know maybe he can trade Carr for some Elmer's glue or something that would be cool. Brock Osweiler, bring him back for Brock Osweiler. Yes, <laughs> I don't even know what he's doing anymore, but that guy made a lot more money than what he was worth. Yep. But yeah, like I thought, I was I was really surprised he got another job after Indianapolis. He said he verbally committed, like, yeah, I'm gonna be your coach. And you know, there were some people that were gonna be assistants under him that turned down other jobs because they were like, no, I'm gonna go work in Indianapolis under Josh. And he was like, nah. And he stayed in in the Patriot for the Patriots, and I was like, no, that that's so that's so like slimy, you know. That's a like, but like, who does he think he is? Yeah, right. But with that being said, like, if he doesn't get too cute, which sometimes he can, he's got a good good quarterback, definitely better than Mac Jones, and Mac Jones looked pretty good under his offense last year. Number two receiver, I still want to give it to DeAndre Hopkins once he gets healthy over Adams in the league. And then probably the top three, four tight end, Darren Waller. So, you know, all the all the negative things is mostly rooted in the hatred that I have that he kind of ruined my childhood a little bit. <laughs> he 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 led us to the start of the worst season in franchise history at four and twelve. And you know, <laughs> some things that some some wounds don't heal, and that's that's one of them from my seventh grade season. So I, I do think that he's going to be good. I said it before. I don't think he's going to be bad. Um, I, I, I can't see a scenario where he hasn't learned from his mistakes at least a little bit. But, you know, I'm hoping he is hard-headed, and he's like, no, my way or the highway, just like he was. But, I mean, that being said, great offensive coach, him, Carr. It, I think it could work out for a team that was already in the playoffs. Added a Chandler Jones, so yeah, man, that's it's it's been it's been a crazy offseason in terms of quarterback changes. You know, we listed a lot, 
coaching change is 10. There's only 32 teams, so that's just under a third of the whole league. Yeah. A couple of them surprising, but yeah, which 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 coach do you think is going to have the biggest uh, impact? I'm going to be selfish here. I think Kevin O'Connell, you know, he's walking into an offense that's made already. He's been able I think that's what drove him to come to Minnesota. Um just to just to see that he's got a, a quarterback that can be consistent, doesn't turn the ball over too much. Um you can kind of equate him uh to a top tier version of Jared Goff, right? Uh like if you take Jared Goff I'll say he's better than Jared Goff for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. If you take Jared Goff and, and multiply him by five, that's Kirk Cousins. I don't think Kirk Cousins is uh Matthew Stafford from last season, but he's a quarterback that can make the plays and can score the points. Um and you've got an offense with, with Jettas. You've got Thielen still. Um, the, if Irv Smith is healthy, really good tight end. Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, uh, a revamped offensive line, get some defensive tools, which they might look to pick up starting tomorrow night in the draft. Minnesota could be the most improved team from last season to this season with the help of Kevin O'Donnell. I'm going to stop you right there. Most improved, I think, is already Denver going from Teddy to, to Russ. And that's like not even biased. I think that like I would I would, I would say that, but I mean we we can get into that we can get into all that record and stuff. See who's right later later on down the road. Right. Yeah, man. So draft draft tomorrow night. Um, I I probably won't watch just because I got work Friday morning. I got to wake up. At, my alarm set three twenty seven in the morning. So. Yeah, uh, I'm going to try to maybe watch the first couple of picks. It probably starts at like 7 or something. You Are you tuning in? I'll be working a little late tomorrow. I'll probably get off around 11 tomorrow night. So I'll be able to catch mm-hmm. it. be able to watch a little bit. Um, kind of just want to see what the first 10, 15 picks look like. Minnesota's sitting at 12, so kind of want to see who we pick up. Um, hopefully it's our guy from Oregon, though. Yeah, Thibodeau, man. That would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah, but... But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I I might go ahead and squeeze in a little bit on Friday. It's my day off, so if I got time, I'll probably watch that and draw a couple of brews on. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll have a lot to talk about come next week. Absolutely. Oh, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, which is nice. You know, it's been a little bit of dead, dead time the last couple of weeks. A uh, good time to have an unfortunate missed, missed recording. So yeah, man, it's it, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. I love the draft season. Yeah, me too. It'll be good content. Good content. Well, we'll uh we'll end it for the night, guys. But we'll go ahead and come back to you next Wednesday with some news on the draft and anything else happening around the league. Nick, absolutely, absolutely, man. I'll I'll see you next week, Kyle. Absolutely. Have a good night, man. Bye.